Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> had to do it. That <laughs> you, bro. Yeah, I'm boo now. And you know why I'm boo? Because Jason isn't here. That's the only reason why I'm boo. Mm-hmm. 321, 11 o'clock comics, episode 252. <laughs> David, I was going to use that. I, I was going to say, I'm I Palindrome I. Aww. Yeah, we think alike. That's right, baby. You should be very scared. No, I would, you know, I, I don't. Don't be so down on yourself. You'll see live tweet, bitches. Word of yeah. Valentine's yeah, Eve. A lot. Oh. I haven't shit. I read, like, the Paul Pope, uh, that read That's why when I sent the note to you guys, I go, I read, and I was like, more to come, because I was like, what the fuck else did I read that I could, you know, but it's been, it's, it's, it's it was a quick week, because obviously we all didn't talk about stuff last week, and Chris wasn't even here last week, so hopefully he'll, wasn't be, even here. Able, he'll be able to talk about oh, something. Oh, it was a good one, Chris. And Art. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Seriously, yeah. Art, Art, was, Art was real bummed that you weren't here. We had a good time. Oh. Art was more upset than we were that you weren't here. Oh, is he going to come to Chicago? This year for C22? We're, we're working on it. We're trying. It working was, on it? It, yeah. The, the 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 subject was broached. Broached. Where's he, where's where's he out of? He's in uh, he's nice. California. Oh, he's a California guy. Okay. Yeah. That's the cool. United States. Oh, really? Just, you. I may United be heading. States. I may be heading out there in May. Really? Yeah. It's uh, Marta and I might be going out there for a little baseball trip and kind of oh, get out of town. There, it's our yeah, it's our 40th birthday trip, so I think we're going to go out there. So I'm going to you know, try and hit up uh, Gabriel and Karina and nice. you know, some of the some of the other LA folks and go out and have a have a an adult beverage maybe. Nice. Look at you. Tell Gabriel and Karina I said hello. Well, I haven't even talked to them about it yet, but I'm I'm assuming no. I'm assuming I'm sure they'll return your call. <laughs> I probably I'm hoping so. Yeah, I don't, don't know about Jeff Johns, but don't, don't call from Vince's phone and he'll return your call. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. No, he. Gabe was talking to me this week on Twitter. He was, he was very cordial. Oh. <laughs> Gabe is always. I love Gabe. Leave me alone, fanboy. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody! Uh, Eleven o'clock comics, episode two fifty two. I palindrome. I. I'm going to use it. I don't care. Do it. I'm Vince B. Totally stole that from David, and I'm Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> I cripped it. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm David Price. Oh, what? Wait, what's going oh, on? Oh, yeah, it's very quiet all of a sudden. Yeah, Jason, the interrupter is not here this week. He's on mission on the other side of the. He's out on a mission. Sorry, at, on the other side of the country. Um, so he'll be back next week. Unfortunately, no, not unfortunately that he'll be back. <laughs> unfortunately, he's not here because now David's all verklempt because the boo is missing. Ah, uh, so we're gonna have to take and pick uh-huh. David up. We're gonna have to lift him up. 
And you know yes. who's going to lift you up if this I can't? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Our sponsor, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you, Mr. Funny Book and Mrs. Funny Book Collector, can get your favorite stuff at huge Wumba discounts, such as from Kaboom. It's the very first... Adventure Time OGN. It's called Playing Fire. Hopefully not the last. Written by Danielle Corsetto. There goes that bell. Ding! Because we know her. With art and cover by Zach Sterling. Cover price is eleven ninety nine. Your price? $5.99. Look at that. 50% off. From Archie. They're given uh, another stab at the Red Circle characters. Uh, it's the new... Again? Chris- yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, those characters are... You know, they're great. They're timeless. And I don't blame them because they do own them, right? So they might as well exploit them. Um, it's the New Crusaders Dark Tomorrow, number one. Uh, it's a miniseries written by the great Ian Flynn. Art by Aletha Martinez and Various. Mm. Cover price is two ninety nine. Your price, buck forty nine. And last but certainly not least, from the fine folks at DC who are catching a lot of flack past couple of hours um it is jack kirby's in the days of the mob hardcover the companion piece to the spirit world hardcover the uh, the other magazine format book that jack did prior to jumping on the new gods and all that stuff it's 39.99 your price what 19.99 do the math uh-huh. yep and best of all you can now get your previews digitally only costs a dollar twelve, and I've been um, falling behind on mentioning this. If you miss that final date, you can still order stuff. You can put your stuff in late at DCBS. They don't mind. I'm sure if you like call as they're placing their order, you're going to get them pissed off. But if you know you get a little bit of leeway and you forget about placing an order and you go past the due date, you can still place it. So do it, dcbservice.com. And David, what's that code? If their first time, oh. I know. What <laughs> what's the code? The code is EOC and the number eight. EOC eight will get you an extra eight percent off. We are rough without the boy. Dude, I'm telling D- you, dcbservice.com. Do it. I was it. gonna say whatever the opposite of smooth is. That's what this is this week. <laughs> this is rough. Well, I'll do, I'll do, and I just want to say, Christina, thank you. So, and you know what I mean. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to investigate. What happened? Yeah. No, no, Christina did something very nice for me, so just saying thank you. Hey, i got to thank you. Cheese your nachos. What? Uh, <laughs> and then we'll get to the drink roll call, but I have a, I have a thank you. Uh, one of the things that I love about uh, this show is the forum, because the forum has become very organic and very, um, it's kind of its own thing now. It's like we do the show, but the forum kind of has brought on this life of its own, which is awesome with, you know, the EOC anthology and all the different projects and stuff that have spun out of it. So it's very, it's very gratifying to see that. Um, we have a, a great thread over in the monkey room, uh, actually two now, the photo a day and the, uh, um, the photo challenge. Well, kind of merging all that stuff, I got a very nice gift from Chester Alamo and Costello, uh, oh. from the, from the, from the forum, and it is something that's uh, that's near and dear to my heart. It's uh, it's a photography book, but it's also a photography book that is uh, totally based around a bar here in Chicago that I have uh, frequented frequented on many occasions. It's a 
It's an English pub called The Globe, and it's uh, in Chicago. It's known as the spot to go to watch uh, football, not not American football, but football uh, and rugby and that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, and he put together this amazing photo book. It's uh, um, I, probably over a couple years of different football matches and capturing the spirit of this place and all of the fans from all, not just English, but from all different countries that go there to watch football. And it's really an amazing photo book. And he sent me a copy of it. So, um, so a huge, huge thank you. It's, uh, it's right on my lap right now, but we'll stay on my coffee table. Uh, after that, but uh, if anyone is uh, is interested, it's just called the Globe, and uh, uh, I don't know if it's actually if it, uh, it's Dark Lark Press, um, and printed locally here in Chicago. Wow, it's like he reached it's into up. your black little heart and pulled out what you love. Absolutely, my black <laughs> That's little heart. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Chris. We missed you. We did. Oh, guys, nine. Nine matches in five days. I am my my curling cup runneth over. Aww. It has been. I'm 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 almost exhausted. I'm. Marta and I were talking about it, and we're we're almost looking forward to the end of the season now. It's about six weeks left, but yeah, this was. Uh, it was like nine matches in five days, and like 17 matches in in about a week and a half. So yeah, I'm 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 my my curling is uh is is on like Donkey Kong as Jason would say. Um what's uh what's to drink roll call. Uh Vince, why don't you lead us off? Oh, I'm going to disappoint you right off the gate. Right out of the gate. Mm. Uh I've started the uh the fitness regimen again. That's fine. Yeah. You're so eating I- more than like a hot dog a day, right? <laughs> a little, a little bit more, a little bit more, um, but I'm drinking water. Sorry. Okay. Drink ton, tons of water, lots of of good proteins, fruits <laughs> and vegetables, and you're gonna be fine. I will. Okay. Svelte. Good, pro, good proteins, fruits and vegetables, and you'll be fine. That's what okay. I'm hoping. Uh, okay. So none of this. I had a hot dog. I had a hot dog. It. No bread though. No bread. Carbs are bad. Carbs bad. Vegetables are good. Fun. Vegetables are good for you. David, what are you drinking? Uh, I am having some Buffalo Trace tonight because I'm almost out of wine. Ooh, that sounds yummy. I may have to go out and tap into the into the bourbon barrels a little bit later. Um, but in the meantime, I'm having um, from uh, Scuttlebutt Brewing Company. They're 10 degrees below ale. And, uh, and Scuttlebutt is from Everett, Washington. And so it is... Um, it's a really nice dark ale. It's uh, it's kind of got that um, you know nice fortified for winter or when it would be ten below um, um, feel to it. So yeah. It, oh, it's a it's a wonderful little dark ale. Uh, real similar, kind of like a black IPA is what I would you know compare it to. It might even be a black IPA. Hmm. So very yummy. I like it. So if you ever see the it ten below, yummy. it sounds yummy. It is yummy. It's very, It's a nice. It's um. It's dark without being too thick. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And it still has. Uh. It's an ale, so it's got a nice little um hop to it. It's it's not it's not incredibly far off. From... Wow, he's doing it again. Yeah, what's that about, well, dude? Crazy, but yeah, but it's good. Cool. Um. So there. Nice. Well, let's get into what we came here to do, and that's talk some comics. 
What do we got? Answer agency live tweets. <laughs> okay, yeah, we can do that. Let's see. There was one I wanted to answer in particular, just to piss you off. Um, because I, I love getting you going. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, boy. It was one of the early ones. Oh, okay, here it is. From My Galactus. He asks, why isn't the Rocketeer on everyone's my top five favorite comics list? Of like last year or of all time? I guess of all time. Of ever. Yeah. It wasn't long enough. And, and my response would be... Not everybody's read it. Well, no. Enough content. I, I, I really like the Rocketeer, but to me it's like an incredibly beautiful woman with you know, not a whole lot going on upstairs. It's, mm. it's awesome to look at, yeah. but mm-hmm. doesn't run too deep. You know what I mean? I actually think the original, like Dave Stevens' Rocketeer, it's kind of a little on the boring side. I mean, it's pretty oh, as all hell. The artist edition? Oh, my God. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would love to see yeah. D- uh, Dave Stevens draw Betty Page, pay, you know, after page, yeah. after page, after page. But the the meat of the Rocketeer just leaves me wanting more. There's There's really not a whole lot there for me. Yeah. Um for me it's it's the it's the in a hell and it is a a weak a weak argument because like you know All-Star Superman maybe my favorite it's definitely my favorite comic of the last decade but um and that was only 12 issues. So Rocketeer why isn't it on my top 5? Yeah, just not enough content, I guess. Yeah. I guess which is what you're saying. There's just not enough. it's a little thin. It's kind I of guess. thin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. God, I thought I'd really get you going with this one. Damn it! Oh, I know, think you, you speak the truth. Yeah, you have mellowed the hell out, and I don't know if I'm happy with that. So it's, it's all that curling. I don't know. You do we need angry Chris back? Or are you trying to poke? <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, you know, if that didn't do it, the the stuff I'm bringing to the table this week will. Oh, <laughs> oh fabulous! <laughs> some bourbon. You can't yeah, wait. It's the, US, it's the U.S. Curling Nationals. I can switch over and watch those online pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's, let's go to another. There was another, there's another uh, provocative uh, question I saw from uh, John Garnett. And uh, uh, it says, which comics do you think would make better TV shows than movies that hasn't already been talked about? Leverage. I think is a very interesting. What? Leverage. No, no, what comics? Oh, comics would make... T- okay, I reversed. Yeah. All right. Um, comics make better. The Leverage comic would be hilarious. Uh, I'm sure we talked about Preacher uh, would be better as a TV show than a movie. You know, long form versus, you know, short form. Yeah, I think they need a, a big canvas to develop that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and after uh, after reading the, the Brian Wood Conan... I would totally love a Conan TV show more than another Conan movie, especially after the last one. I heard it wasn't very good. It was thin. It it was it was not much past the trailer. Mm. How I, is how I would describe. But you know, a Conan TV show would be sweet. But you know, it's it's kind of we're in such a golden age of TV right now. I, I was uh, talking to Seth today. I, I would I, I would have to like quit my job and do nothing but watch TV for like ten hours a day to catch up on the stuff that's come out in like the last five six eight years. Um, between like I, don't, I would even go back that far. Oh, okay, oh. all right, yeah. When you when you think oh, about so yeah, but yeah, I'm 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 impressed these days within the past couple of months with network television again. 
it's really? like it's like yeah they realize that that cable basic cable regular the prime time cable has been kicking their ass. ass and yeah and 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 the the big you know CBS NBC Fox ABC they've they've they have are actually allowing decent stories to be told and and they're not dumbing things down for the audience and I'm 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 rather impressed and it it is a time where I mean I am I I started a thread last night because and I was talking to Vince about it a couple of weeks ago I have gone back and um I am watching Fringe from the beginning nice. I, I, after I, I I gave the pilot a shot Last year, sometime wasn't feeling it. Put it away, and then I know that Jason and I like like giving shit because you know Olivia doesn't look the same from one scene oh, to the next. But I know, but in any case, so for whatever reason, I, I sat down and and because the PS3 gets the Amazon Prime, and I'm just I'm going through the episodes one after another, and I, undivided attention, sitting down, not doing anything else, phone away, iPad, nothing, and and I'm watching it, and I am it it. It sucked me in, and I am. How far? I'm, how far are you? I, am, I believe the sixth episode of the second season. Oh yeah, you're oh, in it now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're 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 in probably. That's the best season. Second season. That's what Vince was saying, and actually, yeah, even good. I think it was Tom Kelly. He was like, "You can actually just skip the first season and just go right into the second or third and have." Yeah. Fun. But I I I like the the problem with French. And and I I really enjoyed it, and I still have to watch the end of the of the fifth season. But my problem with Fringe is that it falls into the American um, TV pitfall of having to have what twenty two, mm-hmm. twenty six. Yes, yes, 20, 20, 22, 24 episodes a season. Man, if you had condensed those into twelve really tight episodes, that would be. Perfect. Yeah. Well, it, my problem with the show is when they fish in the in the in the main branch, it's awesome. When they continue that that long story that they they're building season by season by season, it's awesome. But like X Files, when they yeah, start X-Files. when they start fishing yeah. over in yeah. those little tiny streams, yeah. it, nah, it doesn't work. Yeah, whenever they were doing the monster of the week, and was, that's yeah. right. I was I was just going to mention Smallville. If if they just wanted to focus on like Clark and and his crew, that's one thing. But every time, every, every couple of weeks, you get oh, Kryptonite has turned someone else into some other character, you know. And yeah. it just it, this it that's when you're like we're we're getting away from, you know. I want to know more about Lionel. I want to know more about the relationship and and things like that. But it, it was yeah it it, and I, I felt the same way. It it's my my argument, my go-to, whenever someone wants to know why I like either UK television or cable seasons when it's 12 or 13 episodes, like Mad Men, like Monk, like In Plain Sight, things like that, like Leverage, is that I can look at The Office. The Office was six episodes for two seasons and a Christmas special and they did everything they needed to do you knew all the characters their story was over that was it the US version because of ratings because of ads because we gotta just keep milking it until it's beyond dry that's when you get that 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 storyline with 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 Jim and Dwight and I just and I couldn't David Scott is, is 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 a is a no. All right, the the, the Ricky Gervais character, David Brent, is is fantastic on The Office, and and you feel bad for him towards the end. But when you have 
Michael Scott, who, who who's played by Steve Carell on the U.S. version, you there's inconsistencies because the season goes on for so long, and and no one's story is is told well from one episode to the next because they're either trying to be funny or they're just trying to pad things out, and and it it makes for some pretty lackluster. I mean, when I think there's there's more bad than good when you have those longer 22 episode seasons. It, it doesn't... I, I can pretty much recall something from all 12 episodes, 13 of the UK office. I can maybe come up with five of the US version, and it's been going on for, what, five, six years? So, if not longer. But yeah, it, it's... Well, they had to get out. They had to get out from under the the British version of the TV they only, show they, before they, they, they. The first episode, the pilot, that was the only one that they did line by line, scene by scene. Yeah. After that, they. I mean, yeah, yeah. they. Had the, it they, still still took them a little while. Oh yeah, no, I I, I get that. You know, kind of kind of back to the back to the point is that, and it's with comics too. Is that sometimes there's only so much story there, and. Oh, yeah. And I mean, we feel we feel that with comics. You know, I used to get upset whenever uh, a comic got canceled. But you look at something like Fear Agent, and Fear Agent was a great comic, fantastic comic. Thirty-two issues, probably good. You yeah. know, it's yeah. you know. What it's, did it end up being? I think thirty-two. Thirty-two issues. That was thirty-two or thirty-six. But yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, you're right. I feel like they told the story. Yeah, I think oh, yeah. the big two could take. Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of learning from the way it's done uh, in well, in other and arenas, they, and they do. It's it's just it, that's all that's all you know predicated on on sales. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, and so I mean that's why Spider Man will will go on forever. Where you know you'll see something like Guardians of the Galaxy will will have its nice you know thirty sixty issue run, which there's nothing wrong with that. You know that that is that is comics. That is comics through our history. Is that they're really you know. There'll be a, a good run of Ghost Rider, and then it just won't sell anymore, and they'll cancel it. And you know, it just it just happens. But uh, you know, I, I think that you know, I think that we have all gotten to the point that we enjoy the the short run, you know, tight storytelling. And where comics have gotten to is that they actually do that very sneakily inside of the big the big runs. You know, you'll right. see. You know the Jonathan Hickman run of of Fantastic Four, or you know the the Mark Miller run in Wolverine, and you know they'll take their their six or twelve or even twenty four issue runs. Um, you know, again. I guess we should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Born what? again. Born again is a perfect example. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean that's one of the best examples. Uh, Batman Year One. You know, is uh, those two are probably very very high. You know, uh, 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 Weapon X with. Uh, um, Windsor Smith. Yeah, that was that's another one that's you know definitely at the top of the pile of you know in continuity you know not in continuity you know in inside of the big runs. But Those that's all, that's even know, it, the big series. Weapon X is even uh, an even more special case because that was that was told in Marvel Comics Presents. So Windsor Smith only had eight pages a clip to to tell a chapter and and every wow. every other week. So it was. I mean, by the time all was said and done, it might be a double-sized issue. But because it was only what, like eight parts, maybe? maybe well, it's, maybe, it's, maybe it's, a, it's a eight, good, ten it's, parts. It's but, a complete trade. So, 
Yeah. Okay. All right. It, it ended up being it's it's what I would imagine being a full a full six issues because it's a I'm looking at it right now because I've been going back and rereading it just because I'm you know falling in in love with Barry Windsor Smith all over again. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, yeah, it's not a bad thing. In what 1990? Yeah. Is yeah. that long ago, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. I was a junior in high school when this was coming out. Wow. Yeah. So good. So good. It's man, you want to talk about an artist edition that I'd like to see? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You ain't kidding. I mean, still to this day, the guy is so so unique, so different than anyone else that's that's been out there. I mean, you can see influences and people that he has influenced, but you look at Weapon X, and that book looks different than anything else that has ever been on the shelves. I mean, it is oh, it's so good. Yeah. I think he. I th- hmm. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say he diverged drastically from the the way he started out. Barry Windsor Thank Smith was bitch. a, All right. was so a we're gonna, total we're gonna Jack Kirby clone. We're gonna we're gonna play this really? tonight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Was there Sorry. at some point whenever he was doing the, the Conan stuff, I mean I anytime you do Conan, there's the automatic uh, uh association is gonna be with like Frazetta. You know, and you saw yeah. you know some Frazetta in, in Windsor Smith's work. Or I did anyway. So yeah, there's some there, but if you look at yeah. his his um, X Men issues, mm-hmm. I I don't know if if editorial told him to draw like Jack Kirby, but he did, and uh, it didn't last long. And then he just bam exploded on Conan. Did his own thing. Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, there's a couple stories in uh, that he had in the the horror anthologies. Um, yeah, uh, you know the shadows. I don't know the names of them. I forgot. But uh, and you can see him start at point A and just like quickly jump past the Kirby and just go into his own thing. It's awesome. It's awesome. He is. I was basically just going to say that yeah, post post Conan, his style. Just whether it's Weapon X, Archer and Armstrong, Rune, it's. You can tell you can tell Barry Winter Smith after Conan, after he did Conan the Barbarian, that was the last I saw that look of BWS. After that, from that point forward, then he's just been he's, he hasn't, and it, I'm not disparaging him over this. It, it, he hasn't changed, and I love that. I, he I doesn't just, have to, right? It's, he doesn't. He hasn't it, done it's much. Just, it's, where, where's this fucking 300-page graphic novel we've been teasing with forever? Well, I think he got a major kick in the balls from the uh, the storyteller incident. That's what he, I was. Yeah, that's yeah. Where he was for Dark Horse, he did those oversized Barry Windsor Smith storytellers, and they they had three different stories within, and he had it planned for X amount of issues. But because of sales, it was truncated, and they even sold a big slipcase, which I have right on my shelf here. They they the sold night. a big a big laminated slipcase where you can put the individual issues in it and no way did the amount printed match what they originally had planned for i mean it's about a, a two inch thick s- slipcase and maybe uh i my if memory serves maybe they did eight to twelve of them you know so he was hoping and i think the stories were continued and finished over at fanographics he did a series of um hardcover uh ogns where they wrapped when did up those come out 90s um Ninety four, ninety five, around there. I can go over and grab it. 
I don't know if I can reach it from here, but yeah, they're awesome. Um, the Freebooters. What was the other ones, David? Um, Young Gods, which was very indebted to Kirby's New God stuff. Kirby, sure. But um, and there was another one, a, a sci-fi mind trip one where uh, reality was pretty malleable. I forget the name of that one, but yeah, it was. It's great stuff, and it's it's giant size. It's um. But where is he now? Where's where's he now? Um, being Barry Windsor Smith, I guess when you've amassed the uh, the catalog that he has, you don't really have to, you know, do much. You're Barry Windsor Smith, bitch. Bitches. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I guess I don't know. You know, you I guys talk. It's it's nagging at me. I want to see what the name of the other one was. All right, it's right over here. Maybe we should bring up another. Uh, I'm another EOC live tweet. You want to pick one, David? Sure. Uh, I will say, um, well, actually, this, this, you, you mentioned mine already. Um, Got it. The, yeah, what is it? Paradox Man. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I guess 97 was the date, Chris, 96, 97. And I guess they did plan for 12 issues because the slipcase right on the, right on the spine says, 1996, 1997, issues 1 to 12. And there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. So they didn't print as many as they wanted to. No, yeah. There you go. Uh, from Darren Brun, what is your favorite Batman run, excluding Dark Knight Returns? So besides Dark Knight Returns, your favorite Batman run. Wow. And and Chris, yeah. I mean, my, my, my reaction, I mean, my, my initial, my... my Reflex reaction is is your one, and that's just that that is. But then I think about faces, and then I think about flyers. So I think about a lot of the um, arcs from Legends of the Dark Knight. But if if I just go into my head, favorite Batman run, it it is your one. That, I mean, there's no denying that one. It's it's a good one. Um, Oh gosh, the uh, the Neil Adams um, shirt. What shirt was Batman? Oh, that's okay, a, yeah, that's a good one. Um, the uh, oh gosh, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the uh, the name of it. Um, the one where where uh, Bruce and Talia like look, uh, Son of the Demon, Birth Son of the Demon, yeah. Son of the Demon was really good. Um, you know, uh, as far as like the the big minis go or the big events, uh, No Man's Land was actually pretty good. No Man's Land was good. I I, I kind of like Cataclysm. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the cult. Hell yeah, yeah. So it's. I think I tend to. Li- I'm sorry. I, I tend to like um, Batman in his. In those one-off stories, not so much the long arcs like Cataclysm or, or No Man's Land or you know, Bruce Wayne Fugitive or anything like that, or, or that went the whole long. Nightfall and Night Quest. And I, I like the the uh, just the little self-contained Batman stories. I think more than not. Yeah, because it's comics the way they should be. Tell a story and then stop and tell another story. That's yeah. It. I gotta say, I gotta cast my vote for the masterpiece that is Batman Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just That's kidding. why I had to ask the question. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So um, have- I, how could you not pick year one? But I'm not going to 
just because I think it's in a class by itself, like Chris said. So favorite Batman runs, I got to go with, I really love the Kelly Jones, Doug Munch Batman run. Or was that Detective? That I think was the, oh, shit. You had, the, you had the specter and the demon and Batman with the gigantic ears on the cowl and it ties into, what is it, Red <laughs> Rain? Oh, yeah. I love yeah. those. I love those issues. Yeah. Great stuff. All right, let's talk about some comics, boys. Why am I not getting all crack a That's good. Do you, it's I mean, really so strange. Do you want to go or do you No, want I'm going to run a tad bit longer than usual so. um I, <laughs> um it i i uh i read something that's been on my to-do list been on my regime for for a while now and and i um this year i'm trying to i'm i'm trying to not read things that I've read many times over the years. I'm, I, I'm Basically, 2013, I'm just trying to read things I haven't read yet because I have so much crap. I don't care. I don't care if it's new or if it's stuff that, you know, if, if it's Quantum and Woody. You know, if I haven't read it, I want to read it this year. I don't want to spend time rereading Legends or Man of Steel or, or Year One. So I'm going to move forward. And, and, and this week, I, uh, I read probably one of the best Clark Kent stories I've read ever. Yikes. And and this is a little self-contained four-issue story written by Kurt Busiek, illustrated by Stuart Eminent. It is Superman's Secret Identity. And it is absolutely fantastic. When was that? Uh, two... That was, oh, I want to say um, it was, it was, it was, it was a four issue. Yeah, two thousand four. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I re- see because I, I think this may have come out around the same time as um, Birthright. Birthright. So yeah. maybe one overshadowed the other, but I, and and I've been putting off Secret Identity for so long because I, for because of this character of this Clark Kent character, I thought it was a. Um, I thought it had a, a, a connection to um, Super Baby Prime from Infinite Crisis and everything else. And and I read this, and I'm, you know, spoilers if you want, but it doesn't. It, it, it's, it's the same. It, it may have been a... Um, the, the, this Clark Kent character, according to Busiek, was a... Um, it because this world does not have any heroes and 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 super superboy primes earth earth prime didn't have any heroes either so there there is a uh, it, it's basically that's that's where he got the idea but it's not um it doesn't tie into anything that jeff johns did in infinite crisis or 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 leading up to crisis on infinite earth or anything like that it's the crisis on infinite earth superboy prime that's where busey got the idea from but he just he ran with it from there he doesn't connect it to anything that's going on but it is it is gorgeous it is 
Well, it's imminent. Come on. Uh, no, it is. Yeah, but it's it's a little different than um, than say uh, Final Night imminent or um, First Wave, Fear itself, or even um, not First Wave. Um, the thing we did. Final with, Night. The, no, the thing he did with Warren Ellis. The Final the Marvel Night. characters, imminent and and um, uh, Warren Ellis. That that twelve issue series he did at Marvel with uh, Bloodstone, Elsa Bloodstone's in it. Oh, Next Wave. Yes, Next Wave. Yeah. Next. Uh, yes, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, it doesn't look anything like that. There's a little bit of, um, uh, I'll, it's, I'm saying, at, at its most basic, I'm going to call it photo reference, but it's not the photo reference that, you know, you'd see from, from LaRocca or Land or anybody like that. It's, um, it, you can tell it's imminent, but it, it's, he colors it. It is stunning. There, there are two-page spreads littered throughout all four issues. Uh, it, it's, it tells you Clark Kent's story basically from when he's a teenager to a um, a, a grandfather, and and it's he narrates it, and it is you find out that um, he before the first issue is over. He ends up flying. He ends up. He has Superman's powers, and we don't. We, we don't get bogged down with with um with little things like you know how did this happen or or just when we jump from month to month or year to year, it, we don't. I mean, you get to the second issue and and he's in Manhattan, and that's the other thing. This isn't. There's no. There's no Keystone City. There's no Coast City. There's no Metropolis. These are he, he's these are real, real world Earth locations. And and uh, you know he, he has a job at New Yorker magazine. And That's and uh, it is. And it's it's he. Um, so it's it's kind of like I want to say New Universe in a way where you know if if someone woke up and they had powers, you know how, what would they do? And the way. The way Clark thinks things through, and and um, how he tries to um, prevent himself from being seen, because obviously as he's growing up, he doesn't wear glasses, he doesn't you know hide himself, and and uh, but yet when he goes to New York, he he gets found out, he um, and then so so now his mindset has to change a little bit because he has to figure out. Who these people were, who else might be after him if anybody else is in danger. He meets a girl. Her name is Lois. Uh, it's a um, girl. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but it's um, it's it is a it's a great story of of this Clark Kent's life. I am I I, I know Andy. Tom, I, I believe it's Andy Tom's favorite Superman story and if I'm wrong he'll tell me but he has been after me to read this for the longest uh, and it, it, it is it is a story I will be recommending to people it, it is absolutely one of my it may it, it it's already a front runner for new to me for 11 Oscars for this year it is it, it really is a, um, I, are they are they prestige issues or just regular they're, they're, about, they're about 48 pages each oh that's cool yeah, um, but it is it it really is it's it's something that um, I if because you don't even really need the history of Superman to to enjoy this because Clark Kent doesn't 
he doesn't read the comics. He doesn't. He finds it to be a, a, a pretty tacky joke. His parents. I mean, he, he's he was born in uh, like Pickettsville or something like that, um, Kansas, and his, his parents thought it'd be funny because their last name was Kent. That will name my son Clark, and and. Uh, you know, so every year for his birthday or any any occasion, people give him you know Superman action figures or comic books or clothes and and you know he's just he throws it all in the closet. He doesn't want to deal with it. It's it, it's it's not funny to him. And and everybody at school's like, oh, you know, they 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 try to push him and make fun of him because of his name. Uh, and it's um. So even if you don't know much about, because oh, someone asked. Someone asked him at lunch in in school if um, I think who who was um, who was in the Legion of Superheroes or and and Clark's like well how the hell would I know I don't know and <laughs> and so it, you don't so here's Maybe somebody not in this universe <laughs> but it's like so he's like he doesn't you really can I think enjoy this just to, to see what. Um, this is one of those books where I'd actually say that you know, if, um, if someone wants to know what what can the the medium do or or how how, how can you get somebody into comic books, I, I I suggest this. Isn't it weird how DC keeps going back to the the uh, origin of Superman every ten or so years? Well, it doesn't I mean? Say that about every character from either company that is yeah. has a shelf life of longer than ten years. Right, but I mean, if there's any character that does not need their origin retold for the masses every so often, it's pretty yeah. Superman. It's pretty. And, you know, every, and, and when, when was the last time that it was that his origin was told in the movie form? Um, what was the the one that came out not too well, long ago? Well, no. there's returns, but that was that was just a sequel to the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been like thirty years, but everybody knows it. I, I mean, well, yeah. Well, tell me about the radioactive spider vents. What do you mean? I mean, yeah. I mean, they're they're classic origin stories. Everyone. That's what I'm saying, right? So why do they need to rework these things under different writers every ten years? Get get. Got Get somebody it. to nail it down, and then just you know keep oh, it. The damn thing. You know the the original Batman origin was told in one page. Yes. Yeah. It was yeah. That's pretty much. I mean, and that was done. God, how many years ago? I was a baby. A long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 70, 60, 75 years now, almost. I'm still pretty um, yellow. Yeah, and they just expand. I, you know, they, I I got no problem with them refreshing the. Uh, the origin stories every ten years or so. Now, an Azarello deal with Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. that's different. Because you're you know what I mean? You're, you're that's, reworking that's not, it. That's not a that's that's not a retelling, that's a that's a reimagining of yes. the of the origin. That's a yeah. that's kinda what um, what Gregory's doing with uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, what he really, was doing. Really cha- changing canon. You know, yeah. that's it's Move, for the, really for the moving things around. Yeah, you're right. So, which is what cool. else do we Nothing have? Um, I read some Paul Pope stuff. <laughs> What'd you read the uh, one trick ripoff? Yeah, isn't it pretty? Yeah, I'm halfway through it. I, I haven't gotten into uh, into the deep cuts portion of it. Um, I wrapped up. I wrapped up the uh, the one trick ripoff, which is what ninety four. Is that that sound about right? Sounds about right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, ninety-five to ninety-six. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's Paul Pope. It's this, you know, drippy, inky, pretty, you know, grimy goodness. Uh, it's a you know, futuristic, uh, futuristic crime story. Uh, mixes in a little bit of uh, uh, little superpowers, but nothing, you know, that that's not the focus of it. Um, you know, it's, it's everything that, that Pope does. It's just, it looks pretty. I don't know if, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I could ever recall a Paul Pope story, like, beat for beat for plot. I just know I love to look at it. Mm-hmm. And that's, and, and that's uh, one, one, tri- one trick rip-off. Uh, it's uh, Image Comics uh, release. Is this, did they, who published it originally? Dark Horse. Was it Dark Horse that? Yeah, that, that, and it was originally in black and white. Really? Yeah, which, just to play devil's advocate, you know my love for Paul Pope. I adore the guy, but the way he works, I do not think this story benefited very much from the color. Hmm. Because, I'll be honest, there are panels in this thing where um it's obviously very nice well yeah it's it's nice and it, and it, it it's it's nice. people need color a large segment of the buying oh, public good. need color half the, um, half the book is in black and white though with the with the deep cuts yeah but what i was going to say this is paul pope in he's still developing as an artist he's obviously incredibly talented but there are certain panels in this thing where he just uses way too much black and he gets away with it it works but i i I have yet to understand why it works because it's just i mean the panels are dripping with black he every every piece of negative space he then felt the need to go in and just slather it with black but it looks good and and well, I mean from a from a color art uh, per, perspective, if you had to color this, how would you do it? You know, because I, it was intended originally to be black and white. So you're yeah. almost repurposing what's there to to. What to, I like uh, is that it's a really nice muted color palette that they picked. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, have you gotten this? Have you gotten the reissue? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, it's really nice. Really nice. Presentation. I keep buying and rebuying his stuff. I can't say. Yeah, I know. I, know. Um, I, know. I I really wish he would get off his duff and whatever's causing THB the complete <laughs> THB to be to be this delayed. I think that is by far his best work. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable from the story, from the art. Uh, they'll never be able to recapture the experience that was THB because it was published in a variety of formats. He had a standard size comic, big ass thick. Then one issue, he broke it down into four parts and like an A, B, C, and D. And then he did this giant THB, which was um, if you've seen the 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 way Tomorrow's does the Jack Kirby collector now, mm-hmm. that size, like really big. And beautiful so I, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful and then, stuff. then there was a magazine size issue, so it was all over has, the place. Has he gotten to like the James Jean level of transcending the medium? I think and, so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just the guy doesn't need comics anymore. No, but he loves them. I like hope I so. Know him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was just talking yeah. to Paul the other day. He loves. I hope. I, stuff I hope so. I, I really hope he does. I hope that he continues to do stuff because I. If you know, if comics had a rock star, it would be Paul Pope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's certainly the you know the weather wearing you know 
uh, hipster before hipsters creator. I was just thinking it would be interesting to to see his career as he, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say, you know, modern day Steranko or anything like that, but, you know, maybe a little bit, and that Steranko was kind of a, a little bit of a rock star back in the day, and it'll be interesting to see what Paul Pope does as as he gets older and, and his career kind of, you know, moves away from comics and then he realizes that's what he's going to be remembered for because I, I think that was Steranko. Steranko was you know deep in it and and kind of transcended it and and went away for a while. But now I think he is very conscious that that's where where he's going to be remembered is is comics. Yeah. I think Pope Pope might be one of those guys too. So yeah, uh, not to take anything away from Paul Polk's design and, and, and drawing ability, but I think a lot of the attention he received early in his career was, yes, for the art, but I think a sizable chunk of the attention he got was because of the way he looks. The guy's really handsome, and oh, he, yeah, he became... He's, he's, he's like the epitome of the like, the New York artist. Right. Yeah, he became. You remember what hip, I was saying about Steranko? Yeah, hip, young, yeah. good-looking. You know, yeah. not not a fashion plate, but certainly representative of the style he he wanted to bring to the table. You know what I mean? That that rough-hewn kind of mop-top, good-looking guy. And here's and the right, I, here's I think, the rocks, the rock star artist. Yeah, yeah I think a lot. And of it, his style was was very different than anybody else right. out there, and, and and still is. You know, and the he guy's class by himself. But, yeah, he's yeah, he's certainly a unique voice in comics. So yeah. I just want to see him do more. I think people yeah. would disagree with me, but I definitely think that you can trace the line where Paul Pope begat Brandon Graham and James Stoko and uh, sure. uh, uh, even Fox. Yeah, um, you know, the, that that ilk. And it's not a bad sure. thing, because they're all friggin' phenomenal artists. Well, it's, it's funny It's funny that you say that, because I, I read this, and I feel like this is kind of, you know, reading, you know, one trick, That's I feel like that's where Brandon Graham and, and Stoko are, and, and mm-hmm. that's not, you know, besmirching them, but I see no. growth ahead of them, yeah. that, that this, you know, there's some precursor there, and that, sure. that they can... You know, kind of, kind of move beyond where they are now. And I'd say that the, that their work is is wanting, just like you know, uh, one trick ripoff is not wanting. But you see, you know, this is now what you know, ten years moved on almost. And gosh, no, God, is it more? Oh God, it's almost twenty years now, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. Now, now yeah. I feel old. It's like 18 years old. Holy shit! Yeah. yeah. So this is like Paul Pope, you know, almost 20 years ago, and you 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 can only imagine where like Brandon Graham and, and Stoko are going to be in 20 years from now. Right. And if you even want to work backwards, you can go from Paul Pope and jump back to like Mobius, and oh. and and the heavy metal group. You could definitely see all sure. that in Paul Pope, Paul Pope's work. Everybody influences everybody. You know, even if even if you're not conscious of it, it's to a certain degree, it's there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the family will just not shut up tonight, will they? We should do another EOC live tweet before <laughs> Vince goes on with his thing. We should. Why don't you pick one there, Buster? Um, let's see here. Um, oh, gosh. Oh, no. Alan. Oh, That's not dirty. Even. I'm not even going to read it. Um, oh, he retweeted it. 
from someone. Yeah, so they're both being dirty. Here's one for David. Okay. You're wrestlers. Who pairs off with who, and what are your team and individual names and concepts? Yeah, and like that's you're not going to answer uh, this. Ortega 52. I don't watch wrestling. I mean, I haven't in like 30 years, so I don't know anybody now. I used to be very heavy into it when I was a kid, but I know David loves the Raw. You know, you know who's going in the uh, Hall of Fame? Who? Bruno San Martino. Nice. Now, there's a name I can remember. Finally, yeah. He Why finally he was- decided. He, uh, he, and, he and Vince McMahon had a falling out. Oh, so well. uh, it had to do with the steroids and everything else. So he finally, uh, so Vince's son-in-law, kept pleading for Bruno to uh, to come and and be in the Hall of Fame. And and it was a lot of times people consider that WWE Hall of Fame would be a little bit of a joke. There's no actual like structure. There's no building that's the Hall of Fame. It's all basically just anybody who's alive that we could interest people to come and see. That's who we're going to put in the Hall of Fame. And uh, it was pretty much. Nobody expected Bruno to ever say, yeah, sure, I'll do it. But um, Vince's son-in-law finally persuaded him, and, and uh, it's, it's a pretty big payday for, for, for the old man, and it's, um, it'll benefit both. They'll be able to do a DVD set, I think, later this year, so you'll be able to see all his old matches again. Oh, the vintage stuff, nice. I would buy yes. those. Yeah, so, so I mean, it's, it, it will benefit both parties, but it, it's something that... Um, I really never expected to see, but... And then they'll be at the Garden, Vince and April. Look at that. The Garden. The Garden. We got... Okay, here's one. Uh, this is from our buddy Chris Chavez. Oh, and it says, him. what is your favorite issue or slash story of Marvel Team-Up? Oh, jeez. I have two. Okay. Uh, the first one is the first American U.S. appearance of Captain Britain. Damn you! Damn you, damn you, damn you! Damn you, no, damn you! You go to your next one, because that's my favorite one. Okay, fine, you can can do that one. Damn you! Um, I know. I'm sorry! Marvel Team Up number 65, bitches! (laughs) First appearance for Brian Braddock, where he goes, hello to Peter. Uh, Chris Claremont, John Byrne, and Dave Hunt, those are your creative team. The, um... I, there, I was. I think it was an annual. The main story was uh, Spider-Man teaming up with Alpha Flight, black costume Spidey. Uh, I think Paul Neary did the art. He may have done the cover. But what sticks out to me is a backup story drawn by David Mazzucchelli. And it's it's about a man who comes home from work, and he and his wife are sitting in front of the TV having dinner, and they're watching the news, and it's a story of the Avengers and Black Panther taking on a Marvel bad guy and it, it basically you're just you're, you're, you're seeing what happens and it, it's Marvel's before Marvel's it's, you're just seeing what happens to normal everyday folk who live in this Marvel universe and, and I mean and, and at the end of the at the end of the story uh, the, the husband is sitting up in bed TV's off, the room is dark, and he and, and, and he has this look on his face like, you know, like, you just don't know what you can expect in in your neighborhood, and, and, and this is the world he lives in. And, and it, it's, it's a story that kind of always just stuck with me, because it wasn't... It, it wasn't a, a superhero story. You just... You, the, only, the only superheroes you saw were the 
whatever they showed on the little TV screen as as he's watching television. Hmm. Cool. I love the first issue with yeah. Human Torch. I love it. I just loved back in the day I went crazy when I saw the cover. But this is a weird one. This one stuck with me only because it crossed over. Remember, I think it was issue 46 or 47 when it, it was Spider-Man and the Thing and they fought the Basilisk and then it jumped over into Marvel 2-in-1. Oh, I love that. Oh, one. that's cool. I love that. Oh gosh, that one. I haven't seen the cover. I just looked out the cover to Marvel Team Up number one. I haven't seen that in years. It actually, yeah, actually, who, who was the who was the bad guy? Um, yeah, because the with the water tower and everything, mm-hmm. and that, that it's just awesome. I like the one with Brother Voodoo too. What was that? Twelve, thirteen? Let me see. see. Twenty-four. Jesus, I'm I'm ah. about it. Year. Some good stuff, but yeah, I'm I'm right there with David. The uh, yeah. the the first American appearance of Captain Britain that was that was the bomb. It was so good, and yeah, on top of that, it was an arcade story. Yes, I very very <laughs> few comic book fans, modern comic book fans, um, would imagine arcade being an awesome villain. But I'm sorry, Arcade was an awesome villain. Yeah, the, the any of the X Men issues where where Arcade was was the main baddie were so cool and that, that that's one of the one of the great villains that is just not translated to uh you know to the modern Avengers modern Arena. Comics. The uh the, the the other one that comes to mind is a um it was a two parter written by James DeMatteis, uh art by Sal Bashima. It was um it was Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four in the first part, and then Spidey um, swung away. The next issue was Spider-Man and Mr. Fantastic, and the bad guy was um, Dr. Faust, but it wasn't Spider-Man. There were clues all throughout the issue. And Reed knew it wasn't Spidey, and and at the end of the issue, you know, you were told you could go ahead and and throw away, you know, send in all the clues as to why that wasn't Spider-Man. What gave it away, and you'll get a no prize. And there were things like Spider-Man jumped up to the ceiling, and his back stuck to the ceiling, or he uh, or he spun away. Who a web. was it? It was it was uh, just I, it, it was I, I want to say it may have been Faust's son. Um, no, I think it was no. It was just it was it was just some thug, some lackey that he hired. Instead of um, so instead of like spinning spider webs, it, like like when he went to go, Reed told him to put the fire out with his webs. It was a little brush fire, but instead of that, Spidey's like, oh no no. Well, instead of wasting all that webbing, I'll just um, I'll just you know throw dirt on it. And then as they're swinging, Jesus, the shit you remember. As he's swinging, instead of no instead shit. of instead no. of it being a spider web line, it's like it's like a ladder. He's like he's spinning like a fucking web ladder through his th- th- through his shooters, and it was just. But there were just little things like, and and you didn't even have to be Reed Richards to realize that something was amiss. But yeah, it was just it was crazy the little things that they would do in each panel that be like, what if I, that Spidey can't do that? That that's that's whack. So. Yeah. That, but that was a fun one. I how is how is uh, number sixty eight not your favorite, Vince? What's that? The one with the uh, man thing? Yeah. Well, I was going to say if a good rule of thumb with um, was see that's wasn't the, what's the cover price on that? 
if my rule of thumb with Marvel Team Up is if it's thirty five cents or less, thirty five cents. Yeah, if it's thirty five cents or less, it's gold. The closer you get under thirty, the better they are. I think. I think the first like twenty four, thirty six are great, and then because that that was my prime time. That that was when I was so far up Marvel's butt I could see out of Stan's mouth, you know. See, and so, I was, uh, and we, I I was mostly it's Marvel team when they were around sixty cents or so, like when 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 Greg LaRoque was doing the um, most of the pencils. But what about? I, oh, if Jason was here, one thirty seven would probably be his favorite. Really? What was that? That was Assistant Editor's Month. Oh, he likes that, doesn't oh, he? With with Golden Oldie. <laughs> And the Twinkles and, and, and Galactus. With, <laughs> we should start calling with, him um, Twinkles. <laughs> with with um, Franklin Richards. No, that wouldn't be his favorite. They're actually, I think the last issue, 150, was 150 Spider-Man and the New Mutants? No, X-Men. It was X-Men, okay. Yeah. Why do I remember that? Because I, I remember the cover was by Barry Windsor Smith, I think. Wait, what? what which issue? 150. 150. Oh, yeah, that was the X-Men. That was the last issue. Did, yeah, did Barry like, do the cover of that? I will let you know. Yeah, look at you. And then what? What? What yeah, did I have the internet and things? They, I they, do, they, but I don't want to jam up my stream here. All right, so so they canceled Marvel Team Up to make way for it was a Barry Windsor Smith. I remember the cover. Nice. And that was yeah. the, that was the um, Rachel, yes, Nightcrawler. Very Rogue. minimalist Barry Windsor Smith too. There's wait, not wait, a lot wait, of background. Spidey with his arms crossed, very very non action posy. But you know, well, of course you know, but but Marvel Team Up ended to give way to. Because you had to have three Spidey books. Yep. yep. Above. There you go. Nice, nicely played. Yeah, I remember that. That's, but you know, I mean, that's that's a, it's you know, we can't use the word golden age, but you know, probably for for David and I anyway, that was our golden yeah. age. Oh yeah. Uh, Marvel, whenever you're Marvel team up and Marvel two and one were running at the same time, and you had one X Men title. You know, it was. Yeah. I so, always love two and one. That was one of the books that. It, yeah, see, you, you, you. I, I know you were more of a two-on-one fan, and I was, I was more of a Marvel team-up fan. Yeah, well, it's Ben. Come I on. know, yeah. right, right. It makes sense. And a, and a, a nice chunk of it is Gerber too, right? There's a lot of Gerber in two-on-one. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't have the memory David has. No one oh, has the memory. Yeah, he's scary. Stop. It's pretty, Super but scary. Ooh. Oh God! I remember this one too. Uh, number one forty-four with Moon Knight, and there was the black. It was the black Spidey costume. Yeah. And Moon Knight. Oh, that was so good. You yeah, know, there man, was some, my sweet spot. Even though I have the essentials and a lot of the first couple years of of Moon, uh, not Moon Knight. God forbid, uh, Werewolf by Night. Do you uh, know that? What? It, 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 uh, what? What's your problem with Moon Knight? No, I don't like Moon Knight. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. If if you try and complete a Werewolf by Night run. It's mm-hmm. relatively inexpensive until you get to those stupid Moon Knight issues. Yeah. And and then it gets just like oh, way, way more that's than your, I want to pay. That's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's my problem with the Moon Knight. That's your beef, huh? Is it, is it, it, it keeps you in the way of, of getting your Werewolf by Night third, third, third collection. <laughs> no, actually, I have most of it, but I don't have the tail end, and that's where Moon Knight showed up. The last... last Bunch of issues. That's I think it's actually the first appearance of Moon Knight. Well, he was. Uh, he was. He got out of. He's nuts. He, was, was, how did he? That was a, a Wolfman wrote that, right? Werewolf by Night. No, you're thinking of Tomb of Dracula. For the most part, 
Now I got to bring up the thing because no, I don't. Ah, uh, He wrote some Werewolf by Night, didn't he? Oh, this is this is not right. I should know. I should know who wrote Werewolf by Night. Wolfman was writing everything at that point. Well, it's because he's a great writer. Um, That's another see. question. Jerry They're Conway. Good. Conway. Yeah. Ah, Wood's favorite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, now who remembers shit? Uh-huh. Uh, I forget who asked this, uh, so I apologize. I'll try and find it in the Twitter feed. But whose work has has aged better? Chris Claremont or... Uh, that was or, another Chris Chavez question, I believe. Was it? Okay. Whose work Chavez? has aged better? Yeah, Claremont or Wolfman. Wait, so, all right, so, 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 so or, you, no, who can you yeah, read now and, and say, okay, that aged well, or who has written, who's, who's, who's writing has, is, is still worth reading? I, I'm not sure how to. No, I, I, I think, I, the way I interpreted the question is, you know, you go back and, I mean, cause there was a time in the, in the 80s where both those guys okay, were, yeah. they, they ran comics. I mean, it was it was those two guys as far as mainstream comics, and then you know uh, Howard uh, and, and Frank Miller. I am tempted to say Wolfman. Yeah, me so? too. I, because because of the Teen Titans. Because I mean, Claremont did a lot. Have you tried to go back and read the new Teen Titan stuff? Yeah, it's kind of a slog. Nah, dude. Nah, I was dude. actually going to say that I think the medium. Well, at least from the writing standpoint, caught up to Wolfman. You think so? Oh yeah, Tomb of Dracula, dude. That was not written for. Okay. Okay. Well, no. I mean, you got an opinion. It's it, who's to say I'm right? No, but, no. And, and I know that Claremont stuff is, is is a little rough as well. Now it's you know to go back and and try and read like the Dark Phoenix saga or that kind of stuff. It's it's it it, it doesn't age particularly well. I mean, Burns art looks great, but uh, yeah, too, no, you're probably right. Too dialogue Wolfman. heavy. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's I, I don't honestly I don't and see the see difference between the two of those guys. Did, did um have I, I don't know how far you guys have gotten into the, uh, the Marvel Comics the Untold Story, but there was a time where I, I, I think it was either Byrne or the editor when they were talking about Claremont writing Uncanny X Men and how he just wanted to. I think it was Byrne. Every issue, every page, Claremont tried to throw something in there that had to do with England. It just he had to make some <laughs> reference to to England in every fucking issue. Why? And, and I, he loves England, hmm. isn't he English? But he, I mean, he's just he is. So so I think that that that's another reason why Byrne may have started flexing his his co plotter credit muscles and and but yeah, it was it was mentioning Canada in every issue. Yeah, no, that's yeah. So that was you know tit for tat. But yeah. um, you know what? I now that I think about it. Mm. Uh, is it safe to? S- am I crackly yet? This is no, really no. strange. I you already have been. Out, yeah, you were before. You're good. Okay. You were well. David was talking. The um, I think Marv Wolfman could be compared to Alan Moore from his time. I mean, they're both bipedal. No, <laughs> I think I think Wolfman was incredibly smart, and he wrote very challenging stories, and they were. For the most part, like Alan Moore, and not everything Alan Moore wrote or will write is going to be great. But I, I think there was a certain level of quality you expected from uh, Marv Wolfman, and he always delivered. He was the go-to. He was the golden boy for a lot yeah. of years. Wolfman never had the highs that that Moore did, though. Comparatively, to what? To, to Dracula won awards 
industry awards like every every year for a certain would period put, of time. You would put Tuma Dracula on par with Swamp Thing. That's not fair. They're, they're, I'm, I'm saying comparatively. No, they're, they're no. I, I'm comparing. You're saying comparatively. If I put them on a scale, I would think that Tomb of Dracula would be a little bit lower, but it would. I think for, it would hold its own against. Swamp and I'm thing. not saying that Wolfman wasn't a great writer, and and there was a time where, dude, he was like he was the Brian Bendis of his time. Oh no. What do you mean? No, he was like unquestionably the the go to. Yeah, uh, the output. He was he was top of sales. He was. I mean, he was the go to guy in comics. Well, Roy Thomas was the golden boy at Marvel, but I think Wolfman was the go to guy. Thomas had an excellent. I'm talking when like Wolfman whenever he was doing uh, Teen Titans. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't. I don't know if I compare him to to Bendis. Bendis is too workmanlike for me. You know, there, there's there's well, that, not a whole kinda, lot of that's style. Kinda how, that's kind of how I think of of Wolfman, though. Hmm. Well, you know, and honestly, I wasn't reading. I wasn't reading Teen Titans when it was coming out. I was an X Men kid. Um, yeah, me too. Somebody had to push me into it. Yeah, so but they did though. I can oh, yeah. look at it from you know from the rearview mirror. I wasn't there while it was coming out, and I know a lot of Teen Titan fans are screaming right now, going, "Oh no, it's revolutionary! It's amazing!" I'm sure it was month to month. Yeah, but I'll say one thing: if Perez wasn't drawing Teen Titans, I probably would not have given it a shot. If they Thank had, you. if they had kept Teen Titans in the, if they had cut. Teen Titans from the DC cloth, like made it look like all of the DC books did back then. I probably wouldn't have read it. And you could probably say the same thing about X Men yeah. now from the the Burn Claremont era. You know, even though you know Claremont had Cockrum, and that's you know, and Paul Smith and John Romita Jr. So I mean, he he was not he was not hurting for amazing artists on that book either. Yeah. Yeah. To to me as a kid, well as a teen. Teen Titans looked like a Marvel book. It didn't read like a Marvel book. Totally. But yeah, it yeah, looked yeah. like one. Because it was so intricately detailed. And you didn't really see a lot of that coming out of DC. They were still trying to shake this Kurt Swan, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. Which isn't mm-hmm. bad. But yeah. to a Marvel fan, you look at that and you're like, it was, what? It was, not, it was not DC house style. It was no. M- you're right. It was much closer. Well, yeah. I mean, you had, you had Byrne and Perez were both kind of you know, toe-to-toe with each other at the time. And yeah. I always, as a Marvel kid, I always kind of thought of of Perez as as DC's burn. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's and, yeah. yeah, and it's, I mean, even though Perez had Fantastic Four and Sons of Dragon well, and, and yeah. Avengers, right, yeah, and I remember those. And I, I got a kick out of, it was a, um, it was a George Perez cover because it was, uh, Wanda and Pietro, they were, they were going to Wondergore and, and it was, uh, it was raining George Perez drew the cover, and John Byrne drew the inside. And then it, it, Perez was DC for me for the longest when I was buying books month in, month out. And um, and then I just I completely I my head exploded when when we got to Action Comics six hundred and and Byrne drew it and and Perez inked that cover. It was just it was it was inconceivable. I, I never thought I'd see that. <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> there you go. Can I curl your toes a little bit? 
I'm going to kick back. You're going to curl Christmas. You're going to buy me dinner first? <laughs> no. It well, maybe. Cool. But I'm knowing your taste in food, though, it probably cost me a lot. So, no, I'm yeah, not yeah. going to buy you dinner. I got caught up. On the White a, Castle for you. On a, on a book over, uh, over the weekend. Um, I read from issue 10 to 22 of uh there ongoings i thought there were like groups of minis i didn't know they're they're um four issue or less arcs within the the this the uh, continuous okay. numbering yeah All right. i uh, i read issues 10 to 22 of crossed badlands oh no yeah <laughs> but but i i only <laughs> <laughs> I only want to talk because I mean I can go on forever. You know me. I only want, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight the work of David Lapham. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and I, I I'm just gonna thank you in advance for indulging me because I know neither of you share my love for Crossed, but I can't. I really like the first the first. Um, you like the Anna stuff, yeah. The Anna stuff, yeah. But he's coming back, it, you know. Yeah, at the end of it, I was like, that's all the cross I need to read. He's coming back with issue 25, I think. Well, all right. Yeah. But anyway, the the David Latham issues. Uh, the the uh, f- f- first arc I want to talk about takes place in issues 10 to 13. And the uh, second is going on right now. Started in issue 21. But uh, 10 to 13 tells the story of a recent high school graduate named Edmund Wickenthorpe. <laughs> but the kid is known to his classmates as Yellowbelly because uh, I, in the sixth grade he had a very unfortunate pants-peeing incident. <laughs> so, oh, so they call him Yellowbellied. Uh, and he, he's never managed to, to shake that, that name. He, he suffers like this, the indignities of those at the bottom of the social scale, you know. He's shunned by his peers. He's the butt of their jokes. But, um, uh, unfortunately for Yellowbelly, he's infatuated with a girl. And her name is Betty Ford, uh, oddly enough. Um, and she's a stunning brunette. Uh, but she's at the top of the social ladder. So she doesn't give him the time of day. Uh, that doesn't stop him. Um, he, he, one day he dropped his books and, and she helped him pick them up and her boob kind of, bri- oh. her boob grazed his arm and, and he, he can't shake it. He keeps reliving that, uh, because Edmund, like most boys his age, is consumed with thoughts of the opposite sex. Uh, but the kid's fantasies go a little bit beyond the norm, <laughs> so to speak, um, when his when his parents take him to uh, him and his brother Eli to uh, a traveling circus to celebrate his graduation, all he can think of was the uh, the ass of the trapeze artist that 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 performed there last year, and, and even while he's there, uh, he he's he's obsessing on the backside of this this. Uh, um, uh, what do you call the performers that that stand on the horse's saddle and they do all kind of uh, you know gymnastic moves while riding on a horse? Like I think her name's Lady Palomino. All he does, he looks at her ass and he's he's watching her ass bounce and he's like, oh, she's so cute. But he's not he, the, the kid's not. So, I mean, he's not like a, a a rapist or anything. You know what I mean? At least not initially. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's. It's safe to say that Eddie's an ass man. 
right? But he, he also engages in, in more than his fair share of self-loathing because the kid thinks, like, and these are his own words, that, that pervs are the worst thing in the world. But he is a pervert. Whether he knows it or not, I mean, hormones. Yeah, he's got those those raging teenage hormones, but the kids prefer it, right? So, uh, but because of this, whether he knows it or not, th- as being the cause, the kid retreats from the world. I mean, he's afraid of of putting his despicable self out there. He uh, and he has a coping mechanism. W- whenever he um, uh, is thrust into a situation, a very stressful situation, the kid fo- spontaneously falls asleep. It's not. I don't. It's not. No, I don't think it's, it's narcolepsy. narcolepsy. No, but I mean that's that's how he deals with things. He just right. shuts down. He withdraws. It's like a fainting goat. Right, and because this is crossed, this shit hits the fan. While while he and the and and his father and his brother are at the circus, and uh, when 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 the stuff starts going down, his father, pretty resourceful dude, takes a look around real quick, and he sees two. You know, wooden barrels, like rainwater barrels. And he puts the kids in the barrels and he said, you know, don't move. I got to check this shit out. Right? But the father is soon overtaken by the cross and is turned himself and comes back to the barrels. And Edmund's inside the barrels, like shit scared. And the father grabs the, the younger brother out of the barrel and Edmund wow. just sits in the barrel and watches through the hole as his father rapes and kills his younger brother right and they're both soon killed by the cross um, when the circus goes down I mean it is carnage unbelievable carnage there is copious amounts of slaughter mass raping and killing of animals there, there's even there's one part where any chuckles there's one part where there's <laughs> well, yeah. an elephant and the elephant's belly is split open i mean the thing was gutted and the guts are all spilling out and there's a couple having sex in the belly of an elephant oh, <laughs> um, but, but, so, so, but he gets out of it somehow the kid's pretty resourceful i mean for a coward He's resourceful. He runs. That's his. That's his thing. He retreats. He runs, um, and, and he goes home. And he, he he tells his mother what happened. And she's like, "Are you shitting me? Are you lying to me? Is this another one of your things?" He's like, "No, I'm I'm serious." And so she she eventually believes him to a certain extent. But I mean, she's convinced when the cross break into the house and uh, the 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 snake lady is is strangling his mother with a boa constrictor or a python big ass snake and he's got, she's got it wrapped around her mother's neck while uh, a pack of clowns rape the mother <laughs> wow <laughs> it's nuts dude it, it's unbelievable but uncharacteristically the kid gets a little bit of stones grows a pair and he tries to round up his friends and warn them about the cross approaching mostly because betty ford you know what I mean? He doesn't want to see anything happen to the girl whose boob brushed up against his arm, right? Because that's that's the love of his life. But anyway, um, and he eventually gains the trust of a biker gang called the Screaming Skulls, and these guys possess a shit ton of heavy weaponry. I'm talking automatic weapons, chain guns, any kind of you know implement of death you can you can think of. These guys have they don't short of a tank. Okay, uh, and so naturally you have the crossed versus the biker gang, and uh, our boy Yellowbelly's in the middle, right? But because Yellowbelly is such a coward, 
that that you know old habits die hard and that shit bubbles up again to the surface and it all goes incredibly wrong right um but Lapham, who is a very sick and twisted person to come up with shit like this and i love him for it he does something in this arc that i don't believe any other crossed writer has done to date he brings back a character from a previous story oh really yeah they don't do that in cross the guy with the huge horse deck <laughs> I wish. No. Uh, remember I talked about Crossed Psychopath? Mm-hmm. Harold Laurie comes back in this. The the, the, the twisted sicko from, from the, the psychopath in the, the, mm-hmm. the title of the book. Uh, and and the, his appearance takes place within the events of the Psychopath miniseries. Because, um, if you remember, Harold was infatuated with Amanda and manipulated her into a... Uh, a trust situation where she thought it was, he was the greatest thing in the world, and he eventually, you know, serial raped her and w- was uh, putting her through her paces. And she had to rip off; he had her cuffed, handcuffed to a chair, and she eventually, just to survive, she had to rip off her own hand just to get out of the cuffs and survive. So Harold Laurie appears in this, um, but he does it again in Badlands Twenty One. Where, I just mentioned her name, the protagonist of the the arc is none other than the one-handed Amanda. This is cool. I like to see these characters come back. Especially ones that, you know, showed a little bit of spunk and, and actually were resourceful enough to survive this shit, right? Um, so Amanda comes back and, and she's very, very reluctant to, to reveal her real name because that's all she has left. She, she, she She's been stripped down abused uh in a in a wicked number of ways right she's been she's uh psychically damaged i mean harold did a real number on her to the point where she's as seriously messed up and sick and twisted as he was uh she she meets up with this father and his young son and uh she finds them on the road and she joins their little their little group and and becomes this weird kind of twisted family thing and and she gains the dude's trust by sleeping with him and so he thinks you know she must have some kind of affection for me uh obviously the dude is needy uh everyone's needy in this universe and she this is where it gets really disturbing she she ends up killing them both in their sleep uh right post coital with the father he falls asleep and she just fucking stabs the shit out of him, right? And so the kid is off in the distance in a sleeping bag, totally asleep. And she just walks up to him. She's like, I'm doing you a favor. And just cuts his throat. Just wow. kills the kid. And because she thinks everybody's out to get her. Wouldn't you? I mean, if somebody you trusted turned out to be this raging psychopath that had a, a breast in a friggin' plastic bag and just like serial raped you for for friggin weeks and weeks i would not trust too many people right um <laughs> so she doesn't trust anyone and 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 lapum just turns the tables on this character and makes her every bit as despicable as the 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 the, the psychopath character in his previous miniseries but this is a re- another reason this is a really weird arc because up until now crossed has been just your standard uber violent horror but in this arc uh, 
Lapham does this. It's um, there's some comedic elements to it, and there's some fantasy elements. Like um, he's got these three characters, these three dudes who have made a little safe house for themselves, but they're they're caricatures of of like popular f- uh, uh, fictional characters. Like there's a dude called Danger Montana cowboy-looking guy with the gun strapped to his back, and he's got the, the hat and the eye patch, and his name is Danger Montana. And he claims that he sold his rights to his life story to the makers of Indiana Jones. You know? <laughs> and and then, then you have a dude who is in full Templar Knight regalia. I'm talking King Arthur, and he goes by the name of Sir Kilweather, the noble knight Sir Kilweather. And you got this caveman guy a feral caveman dude named Kong. I don't know what he's trying to do with this arc. There's only two issues in. If it's eventually going to be um, a statement on these these archetypes, you know, but it's 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 a curveball because you don't expect shit like this in Crossed. You 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 expect like the survival horror. Um, let's see how many ways we can mangle and defile the human body, uh, and and to put like. This this artistic spin on it, it's really neat. I, I did not expect it at all. But ultimately, um, I think Crossed is awesome transgressive art. I mean, it Georgia just Hush. it pushes the limits of expression far beyond what we've we've been learned to uh, we've been taught to expect from comic books. And if you if you take a look at that that conceptual premise for the series, there shouldn't be any boundaries. Between acceptable and non-acceptable and crossed, that that like the the nature of whatever it is that is turning these people from law-abiding, upstanding for the most part human beings into these animalistic, you know, the the, the all the safety gaps are offed. The, there's no chains on these people. They did they, they just um, I call it like the shackles of propriety. There's nothing. That's too far for these characters, right? Anything's possible, and and I think, in terms of my own taste, I don't think it goes far enough. You've heard me talk about Crossed a million times. It's there's some pretty raw shit that goes on in there, but I really don't yeah. think I don't think it goes far enough to the point where readers should be very very afraid to pick up this book. Uh, Avatar should be afraid to publish it. They should go so far into the dark, into the black, where because that's what the cross is. It, it, it just, sounds it, like they went pretty far. No, it should go even farther. I mean, a- every issue should should f- f- you know spin your freaking head around. For example, in issue twenty-one, <laughs> there's a panel that I mean, they are they're getting successfully more explicit there's there's a panel where of of carnage right there's a dude and he is gleefully stupping a severed head right but he's doing it the head he's doing it from behind the head where obviously there's a gunshot wound or something in the back of the head where it gives him access right and his thing his truncheon is protruding from the severed head's mouth Mm-hmm. I and, wish that they had been able to really push the envelope. On and this he's book. and he's shooting on, on the face of a girl next to him, who's getting backdoored by <laughs> by 
by a dude, and then there's a woman in the foreground who. So, uh, this book is obviously too restrained. No, but that's not that's not the worst of it. Then on the bottom uh, paddle, <laughs> on the bottom paddle, there's a guy. I don't know if it's a if it's a shard of glass or uh, a fondue fork or something. <laughs> He's walking down the street. And there's a big schlong on this piece of glass, and he's like chewing into it like it was a, like a corn dog. <laughs> and you gotta wonder, like, wow, this this universe must be hell for these characters to live in. I mean, e- even the people, even the characters that aren't crossed, right? All you got these seemingly. N- normal, well-adjusted characters, they should be borderline batshit crazy. Under the best circumstances, right? Because, I mean, they're living in this state of constant terror. They're always afraid for their for the lives. Every second of every waking moment, these guys are afraid that they're going to be turned, right? And if they're smart, they're probably sleep-deprived, too. How could you possibly relax long enough to sleep in this world, right? And you know what happens when the human mind is engaged for too long. You see what happened with sleep-deprived uh, patients. Your brain will shut down at a certain point. Whether you like it or not, you are going out. You're, there's, there's no question about it. That's just, that's just biology. That's what happens when your brain is, is, is flicked on for way too long. And th- there's a really cool concept. They should explore that. Like a pack of really dog-tired survivors and just, they're just like dropping like flies because their body just can't take it anymore. Their, their mind just can't take it anymore, right? But, you know, back to the, the dick kebab. That's what, I, that's what I want from this book. I want it to be so raw, so freaking over the edge that, you know, retailers should have to hand it to, to customers with those big-ass uh, cast-iron rivet tongs. You know what I mean? It's wicked hot. Don't touch it. You, you know, you're going to get burned. I, I want it to be so explicit because it, it jibes with the conceptual premise of what this cross is. What this, I mean, it, it, I got a theory, and, and, and you got to know I would kill to be able to write just one issue of Cross. I just want to do one issue. Where and My theory is this thing, this, I don't know what it is. Is it a disease? Is it a weapon of mass destruction? Is it magic? Who cares, right? Whatever it is that's causing human beings to cross, to go over into this stripped-down, instinctual, feral, animalistic state, I don't think it's a disease. I think it's a cure. I would love to write based on that premise. I just want one issue of Crossed where I can explore that because we're animals, right? Everybody, we we love to think that we're cultured and refined and and we're human beings. We're friggin' animals. Look at the newspaper. Pick up a newspaper on any given day and see some of the despicable things human beings do to each other, and tell me that that we're not animals, right? Look, I mean, recently all the shootings. Death to children. You have families just often each other. It's 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 filthy. It's dirty. It's disgusting. I don't care how lofty you want to proclaim the the, the human uh, human beings. We're still friggin' animals, and that's what I think is going on across. It's not. It's taking away all this 
societal bullshit and all this propriety that we, we've we've come to accept as the status quo and it's erasing it. It's turning us back to what we started as. That's what crossed is. That's what I think it is. Oh, I would love to do that. One. <laughs> one issue. Just give me one. It would be it would be no one would sell it. It would be so bad. <laughs> needless needless to say needless to say I love this friggin' book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And David Lapham, I would I would love to just sit and talk with the dude for a little while, but I gotta say, I would do it from a nice safe distance. <laughs> <laughs> this Chris, you you love um stray bullets, right? Oh absolutely. Tip yeah, of the it's, iceberg. It's amazing. It's amazing. T- tip tip of the iceberg. Oh, yeah. All all the dark stuff in there is w- there was no indication that he was capable of the stuff he's pulling off and yeah. crossed. None. Yeah. Love it. Cool. That's what I read. I was I was one of the crossed <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> Thank you, Avatar, for publishing this book. You you make you make reading comics so enjoyable. <laughs> you make loving it fun. They do. Yeah. <laughs> so what else we got? Hey, let's do a live tweet. Mm-hmm. You pick, because I talked enough. Oh God. Um. Uh, no, I can't read any of the Alan tweets. David, do you have one picked out? He's, he's um, Alan's crossed. Um, okay, yeah. monster, monster tweets. Uh, would uh, comics be better if dead was dead? Would it force new ideas uh, or deprive new writers? I'm um, glad you asked I, that because he asked that last week. Uh, I don't, I don't know if there's a hard and fast answer to that. Honestly, I think that comics are, I think comics are going to be fine no matter what. Uh, we, we've gotten to a point that you know, I do think it's everyone knows about Marvels. We're going to kill a uh, perceived important character every quarter to drive sales. Bullshit and DC kind of does a lot of the same thing. Uh, I kind of ignore that anymore. Um, comics are comics. Would comics be better if Dead were dead? I think that in the majority of comics, Dead is dead. When someone dies in The Walking Dead, they're dead. Whenever people yeah. die in the majority of of indie comics, they're dead. Unless it's a parody on the on the mainstream comics that we have a tendency to focus on. So I think that's a I think that's a yes and no answer. I would like to see Marvel and DC. Uh, I think the larger question is. Um, you know, would it force Marvel and DC to introduce new characters? And yeah, if um, if the Human Torch really died the last time that they were saying that he was going to die, um, yeah, it would force someone to introduce a new character into the Fantastic Four uh, for good. Um, so yeah, I think it would be good in that respect. But you know, then again. You know, I don't want to be selfish and say that that the next generation isn't going to be able to read the same characters that I came up reading. I gotta have to quote my my brother Julian on this one. Superhero deaths are dumb. They can be. They are no. The, well, maybe not forty years ago they weren't dumb, but I mean we've been conditioned. Decade after decade of all these characters dying and coming back and dying and coming back, to the point where they've 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 hamstrung themselves because in order to get and this is a Jason word in order to get the maximum gravitas from a story, you can't have the reader 
You can't have a jaded reader who's been conditioned to realize that what they're reading is not permanent. It's it's only temporary, and it's it's more of a a marketing and sales thing than it is uh, a work of art. Is what I want to say. They're, they're, these stories aren't written for the sake of writing stories. They're written to sell books, mm-hmm. which is got what they got to do, right? But I th- isn't there a better way? To, to sell books, like tell better stories. When you resort to killing off a character, that's lame. I mean, it's expected. It, it, it's it's almost it, it's as um, cliched as Superman going into a phone booth to change. I mean, you know it's going to happen, right? We expect it. So therefore, when when um, say Jason Todd gets beat to death with a crowbar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was big doings then. That was a big deal. Not so much now, right? No. You know no, what I mean? They're, 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 yeah, they've it's, reneged. It's like everything. You get you get desensitized to things, and then it's not it's not that big of a deal. So yeah, and it should be though, right? I mean, in the real it world, should be, let's yeah, mirror absolutely. the real world. Not not to the point where it's comics are mundane like the real world, but I mean, keep that Silver Age no holds barred sensibility but don't just off characters to sell books i mean let's keep it exciting we can there are a million ways to do that you know what i mean a rabbit in the star wars universe is one way to do it right yeah it was goofy and it, and it's but it's the one of the one things you remember from that run they had a friggin rabbit in it a human size rabbit. rabbit yeah that i mean that's crazy but that's fun that's what comics should be they'd be crazy wacky yep not you know, and it's yeah, yeah, I'm picking on the I'm picking on the whipping boy, but characters sitting around shooting the shit while watching TV is not my idea of a it's good really comic boring. book. Yeah, yeah, it's really boring. Yeah, well, it's you know we were talking about uh, God hates astronauts tonight. And that's one of the th- or before we started recording. It's one of the things I love about that comic is that you know, it's it's so off the wall goofy and the way that that Ryan uses sound effects. It's like, you know what? Yeah, they're comics. You're supposed to have fun. And you you and Julian talk about One Piece and how just off-the-hook fun it is. It's outrageous, I was at the curling club this weekend talking with someone who's been reading One Piece. I'm like, it's not my bag, but everyone I talk to says it's really, really fun. So that's cool. Yep. And it is fun. Was Was it male or female? female nice yeah that's yeah. awesome i think it's it's easier for um uh females who haven't been weaned on um superhero comics to get into one mm-hmm. piece you know there's, yeah, there's a lot of female characters in it yeah i think that's exactly exactly the case there so yeah talk more about one piece chris oh well I have <laughs> at some point <laughs> David's very quiet. No, I was listening. I, well, how do you feel about superhero deaths, uh, David? April. I. The last time I think I read a superhero death that actually, I guess I'll say mattered or or that I reacted to, was when that idiot Heather. Interrupted her husband's countdown, oh. and you know, so it's like, but I mean, and and that was, yeah, it was right on the cover in this issue. Someone will die, and it's, it, 
what helped with that at least is it burns telling the story and and i have no problem with that and and i don't want to really know any backstory with that whereas you know when you find out that jerry conway killed off gwen because i didn't like her i didn't know what to do with her i wanted to i'd rather write the redhead and it's like and that and that really did just that that bums me out because that's when that stuck and that's and and it really is just one of those things where if you why do you in, in that regard yeah superhero deaths are dumb. I don't know what to do with this character I'm gonna kill him off because this way you know people will be interested in it they'll read it they'll buy it and and no one else and that's I don't think yes dead should be dead because nothing's stopping you from telling stories set in that character's past but if the character is dead then they shouldn't come back to life. Right. But Superman is a $10 bill, right? You're always going to have to have $10 bills in circulation. The character is monetized, right? If you actually thought that Superman was going away with Death of Superman, then, wow, are you silly? Um, Or you haven't been reading comics very long. But, see, that's the thing. When you're writing something that's owned by a big, giant corporation... Or, or a company, you got to do what they want you to do. So if they want right. you to kill them off, that's what you do, right? Right. But, but see, that's where that's where part of the problem comes from. Where these 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 ten dollar bills got to stay in circulation, right? They can they can recall some for a little while, but you always got to have that cash flowing. So that's what you get when 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 it's not the creator owned arena and and to 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 you know bitch at the dog because he sniffs another dog's butt. That's what dogs do, right? So you can't really fault Marvel and DC for doing that. That's just the nature of the damn beast, right? So part of it, yeah, it does suck, but you got to admit, they're not in the business to create great art. <laughs> if that's if that if that's a byproduct of it, then all right, we that's another win for us. But end of the day, they're in business to sell freaking paper. And and electrons. So, yeah, you can fault them, but on the other hand, you got to understand that's it's part of the That's just what they do. So there's the, but the great thing about comics is, and this goes back to what Chris said that the comics will always be comics. There will be there will always be a uh, a plethora of alternatives. Yeah. Once you get tired of you know. Oh yeah, Batman and Spider Man. There's a million other things you can read that that don't walk the way those things walk. That's right. It's one of the reasons I love Queen and Country. It's when shit happens in that book, it yeah, it doesn't go back. You know, there's there's no there's no undo button on that. You know, I recently read. I had them in a stack. This will make you happy. Um, I recently read the Carla Speed McNeil issues. No oh, shit, really? yeah, well, just because I love her art. Yeah, um, yeah those, where, those are where great the, issues. The, the dude had a stroke. Yeah, where Edward Edward he, died. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, and I was just spoilers. like, wow, yeah. this is raw. I, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it was great stuff. But you know, I'm, I was very thankful for that uh, inside front cover that says, "This is character A. This is yes, what character yes, A yes. does." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this yep. is character B. <laughs> and then, and then you can hit the ground running. You don't have to. This way, you don't have that. Mm-hmm. That Jim Shooter, Chris Claremont, I'm the best it is at what I do. I shoot Ruby Quartz. You know, it's it's none of you don't need the character to say 
their entitle their entire backstory within the first paragraph of you meeting them. If you already know that, and thanks to that front page, you're good to go. And and it's nice to have that. It, it's like when I used to enjoy the um the roll call it, it, at the Legion or or the Just League of America issue. Yeah, so simple. Oh, this this so you know this is this issue. All right, cool. And and um because I didn't mention it, uh, television series. I think Grimjack would be pretty cool. Oh, it would be expensive though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Well, just don't let, don't give it to sci-fi then. And, and oh yeah, uh, you'd, you'd have a two-headed shark they have, in it. They have new owner now. It's, and Clara uh, Electra. Uh, um, they're owned by Comcast now. Oh yay! Hey, <laughs> that's a sign of things to come. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh good god. I, uh, I I started reading the um, and and. Mr. Zach Rousset gave this to me a while ago. I started reading the, um, and, and surprisingly the pages aren't blank, the, the Vince Coletta Perspective by Tomorrow's couple of years, that, that, that came out a couple of years ago. And oh, I, right. I, um, I'm not, I'm not halfway through it yet. It's, it's, we're, we're up to, um, we're past his, his romance comics years and, and into his, uh, Tales of Asgard backups. Uh, then eventually he ended up getting on the main journey into mystery slash Thor main stories. But, um, it's, you know, as, as I'm reading it and, and you find out that it's, he is, to, to me, he is one of those people where it's very easy for me to separate the art from the artist. I'm sure he is a, a wonderful guy. They, they interviewed his son and, and they interviewed people who knew him and, and, and models and actresses because he was also a photographer and he, he was able to do, uh, you know, headshots for, for a few actresses. And he, he seems like he was a very nice guy. He owned a home in Jersey that he kind of really, couldn't afford but he refused to move he wasn't going to end up having them let them take the house so he had to work and um it's that that's fine if that's the type of man he wants to be but then i have to go and and look at the work he's done and when they talk about his romance books and how how things were you know he he knew how to draw a woman and and he had this thing where you know with eyelashes he could do something with a brush and 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 make a woman's eyelash like no other artist could. It was like one of his his prime talents, and I, I get that at that time he was probably really good for doing that. But when you have him erasing, when when he decides that something isn't necessary on a page, that's where I have a problem. Whether the editor or if if the artist, if the penciler puts it on the page to tell the story, if the anchor, like we were talking to Art last week, if if the anchor wants to help with perspective or anatomy or make sure their eyes are lined up and they're not drawing Shannon Doherty, that's fine. (laughs) But if if they want, but you can't say, listen, the character, you can't have. Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas showing up at 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 the Enchanted Forest to 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 save Merry and Pippin and and there's only one goddamn tree on the page. It's that that now we have a problem. Now 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 I think the anchor because the anchor when when Coletta found out that he could make more money inking because he could do it faster and and turn the pages out. 
that that's where I have a problem. I know that books had to be out every month. You couldn't have a late book. They had to be on that spinner rack in the newsstand. And so fine, so we'll give it to Coletta. But just because Vinny could plow through pages, you know, 18 pages in two hours and, and get them to the editor, if, if someone else was able, if, if you could spread that work out to competent anchors, including Vinny, if, if he could, you know, ink one in its entirety without modifying the pages, and you also had some other anchors also working on some of those pages, that would be fine. But but to just completely decide that, you know what, I don't I don't think Jack needs to have, you know, Thor's helmet this shiny. Let, let, let me see what I can fix here. That's where I have a problem. That's where you're stepping over the line, brother. And I'm not saying it's just Kirby. It, it Because, dude, he... I know you love Jack, but there there are two instances. Love falls short. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm just, but I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to speed it up a little. There are two instances where I think, where where, in well, I don't want to say the modern era because this is this is the '80s, but two instances where I think that I read the issue and I was completely. I, I, it hurt, and that is, it was a Wonder Man one shot by Kerry Gamble with a Bill Sienkiewicz cover, and it was supposed to be a uh, the first either a mini series or, or part of an ongoing series, but they didn't do the ongoing, so so they just made it a double sized single issue, but it was mostly Coletta. You could really you couldn't really see Gamble under that, but the other one, the biggest travesty as far as I'm concerned, is the first issue of the Falcon miniseries where he inked Paul Smith. Yeah. And if you're going to bury Paul Smith, we have a goddamn problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. There's one more live tweet, real quick, okay. that, real quick. that I want to get to. It's um, from Da Demon, our buddy. Uh, and oh, he... Sam. Yes. He asks, what is the best underground comic you've ever read? Oh, wow. Yeah. Best uh, underground comic? Yeah. I, I know wow. what the best one I've ever read, but it's Jesus, not necessarily my favorite comic. <laughs> the, the the best underground comic I've ever read is Zap. Zap Comics, come on. He's yeah, sure. by far yeah. the Robert Crumb, S. Clay Wilson, uh, Robert Watch Williams. Yeah, Spain is in there. Victor Moscoso, Rick Griffin, uh, uh, Gilbert Shelton. It's just, it's just like see that. That's such a hard question because what yeah. you know, underground comics are now web comics. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, true. honestly, they true. are. It's, it's it's a lot of web comics out there that are the new underground. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so so that being said, the the best is not necessarily my favorite. My favorite underground comics comic wasn't even really an underground comic at all, but it was. It was like I, David knows exactly what I'm going to say. It was a joint between Dennis Kitchen and uh, Kitchen Sink Comics and Marvel. Yeah. So you had a big 
mainstream publisher behind it. Too, yeah. It was freaky, and but the only reason, and the reason why I'm saying it's my favorite is because as a kid, I think it came out in '74, as, as so that would make me nine years old, and mm-hmm. and uh, when it came out, I bought it. Because it was shelved with the with the magazines, right? It was right next to to Savage Sword. It was right next to Eerie and Creepy. And I said, "What the hell? I might as well buy it. It looks freaky. It looks different. I'll take it home." And holy shit, it just it it spun my head around because I did not know that this kind of stuff was possible in a comic book. Howard Cruz is in there. Uh, Justin Green, Kim Deitch, Trina Robbins, and, and but it has this one of my all time favorite comic book stories. It's by Art Spiegelman, and it's called Ace Hole Midget Detective. It is one of the absolute best things my eyes have ever seen. It's it's phenomenal. It it's just great, and it, and it it's one of those stories where it 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 deconstructs the medium as well as you know the the noir gangster detective stuff. But it, it's just amazing. So it came out of Marvel. Who the hell knew? You know. And there was nudity in it. And there was profanity. And as a kid, I was like, oh, I need more of this. Where can I get? But, I mean, I think Marvel only published two issues. No, three issues. And then Kitchen Sink picked up the the next two. There's only five issues. That's it. But, I mean, if you can find comic book number one, comics with an X, comics book number one, get it. It is an amazing <laughs> comic. Yes. Oh, man. Cool. For, for me, I... I think I would only because you read Zapped. I, I had to read. I would read Zapped in, in reprints or well, well after the fact. I, but yeah, as far as older. as comics that are younger, I could go in and buy month in or or every time. Uh, I I well, I've talked about it before. Omaha <laughs> again, kitchen sink, right? Yep. Yep. Hmm. You know, I have the Kitchen Sink book, the history book of Kitchen Sink, and I, I haven't gotten around to reading it. There's an, a very, very, very important company that goes pretty much... Um, there's there's not enough accolades for what Kitchen Sink did. No, definitely Dennis not. Kitchen did a lot. Um, so, oh, sure I mean, he they, and he's passed... Last Gasp is, is one a, a comparable... Uh, company that's still in business. Last gap, last gasp is still churning out stuff. Is it his last gasp? I hope not. I really do. Omaha, the cat dancer, baby. Yes. Dingy dongies in comic book. All right, let's see where we are. I should oh. read that in my in in your travels. Uh, Omaha. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm. Hint. Hint. That's. <laughs> Ah, oh, Christopher. Uh, as what? usual, this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been brought to you Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. All your favorite stuff, not a whole lot of money. 35 to 75% <laughs> off. How about that? There All you your go. favorite stuff, not a whole lot of money. Hey <laughs> there. Helium does wondrous things. Um, uh, you know, it's shipped right to your door. Don't even have to leave the your easy chair. They're the best dcbservice.com in your travels I was blown away um, this weekend by a mini series out of Image uh, it's at the halfway point it's uh, I don't believe if issue 3 came out yet but I read 1 and 2 it is called it is written 
and I believe drawn. Yes, it is. Um, by and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but uh, the first name is spelled J M. There's no periods in between it, so I'm assuming it's Jim. No, it's Jim Ringay. R I N G U E T, and it's called Repossessed. Mm. And it's the the story's very cool. It's about I mean just to keep it in the conceptual continuity we've been having here lately. We were talking about Repo Men, right? Repo Man, the movie, right? Yep. Yep. What these dudes are, uh, two guys and a gal, uh, they work for the D agency, which is a repossession agency, but they don't go after cars and big screen TVs and SUVs. They repossess souls. They, 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 uh, they're paid to extract demons from the uh, human beings they possess. And it's not, and they make the point of saying, this is not your Linda Blair exorcist type possession where, you know what I mean, the demon just leaves and you, the, the girl's fine, you don't see it. These are physical entities within the bodies of human beings. So in the first issue, they go to... Uh, repossess uh, the soul of a preacher man and he's in the church and this gigantic devil dog comes flying out of the guy I mean a huge red dog with 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 and it's uh, un, it's pretty uncharacteristic like me going to the bathroom in the morning the the uh, the thing doesn't have like bat wings bat wings got a bad rap over the years the if if you're a demon and you're one of the fallen, you should have angel wings because damn it, that's where you came from, right? Uh, this thing has angel wings and it's a gigantic dog. And but the thing that really got I mean, this series is right up my alley. The thing that really got me with this this book, the coloring is unbelievable. Really? Uh, it, it's digital, but uh, Ringay does stuff in. Photoshop, and I could kind of sort of see how he does it. He's using um, layers, and he's really pushing the difference layer. Uh, there is almost no black lines in this book. All of the uh, the contour lines are in color, and and the color will shift around the figure, like uh, shadow areas. The, co- the 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 contours will turn blue or purple, and he's really sharp. He'll butt color against the contour lines that makes it pop like uh sometimes the the contour will turn red and there you go there'll be a green or a blue green next to it it is phenomenal color seriously just take a look at this book in the shop or or a preview online i i am certain that when you see this art you will you will buy this book it is visually it's unlike any book on the rack it's really really sharp the story's cool, and uh, you know a lot of action, a lot of demons. Um, it, it's it's stunning visually, amazing book. Repossessed from Image Comics by I'm hoping it's Jim Ringay. Check it out. Probably probably Jim, because it was Jim J. Bullock, and there were no periods in his name, and it was just J. M. Yeah, I love this book. All right, well I'm grabbing this from across the room, Vince. This is something that you and I have talked about before. Yay. You told me to get it, and I did. Uh, Fanographics makes pretty things, and they, um, uh, a couple years ago, started uh, reprinting some of the classic Mickey Mouse cartoons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So, you start with Volume 1, 
or it's actually volume one and two that come slip cased. You bought and, that? Uh, no shit. Yeah, it's really amazing. I'm it's, telling it's, you, right? It's so so good. Um, it's a it's a two volume set comes slipcased, and it's um uh, race to Death Valley and trapped on Treasure Island, and it's it probably you know the the two volumes. I mean, if you're not a huge huge mouse fan this is probably enough for you to you know pull back and reference and 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 scratch any mickey mouse itch that you have but my god is the level of cartooning in this so so good it is making me so happy oh man it's it's so beautiful um They, they grow up so fast they do they mature right before your eyes well, Isn't it odd I, that he's maturing with funny animals? <laughs> hey, uh, hey, you know, I know, I know, I know I'm good glad shit. You whenever it. I see it, yeah, it's it's, right. it's it's amazing. It's amazing. It's you know, Disney Disney gets a bad rap for you know whatever reasons for being you know corporate um, bastards now, but uh, at at their roots, they've done so much to influence this medium and and the the original cartooning at, at the base of, of that of that company and the artists that have worked at Disney are I mean really without without par. They're amazing, and this is this is a great great taste of that. And you had a one-two punch. You had uh, Godfredson on the mouse and Carl yep. Barks on the duck. And, yep. you know, they don't get too much better than those two gentlemen. And, yeah, and in, in light of recent events, if you see Don, Don Rosa, Rosa at a show, go up. And if you're a fan, go up and tell him. Just thank him for everything, yep. everything he's done. And if he's selling shit, buy it. Yep. Because yep. He, he, he got a... I mean, he, he wanted to do what he did so you can't really say he got a raw deal he knew full well uh how he they treated their people yeah, yeah. but uh just go up and thank him because mm-hmm. man is he excellent and say uh, can you draw me a little scrooge in my book we'll see. but only because he's he's one of those guys that won't let you pay for it so only, tell him only if you let me pay for it i'll buy it yeah wow. yeah. yeah exactly uh, i would love to see carl barks at a at a um or Carl Parks, Don Rosa, at a at a show. I've it's been a long time since I've seen him at a show. But I I have a Don Rosa. Do you wow. really? Yeah, I do. Oh, look at you! <laughs> right, you're getting all cracked. You're getting all cracked, please. So say goodbye. Bye. Okay. Yeah. In, in your travels. Oh, sorry, David. <laughs> Go for it, David. Oh. You take us out. Read. Um. Well, get. It's secret identity because I know I didn't. Um, I didn't want to go into too much because I don't want anybody to. to, to I didn't want to ruin it for anybody. But I'd also say that since um, since apparently Bendis has been put on a little bit tonight, I, I'm going to recommend all new X Men because issues six and seven. Has he finished the story yet? The first arc is done. Issue six and seven is is a two parter featuring Cyclops, featuring fifteen, uh, sixteen year old Cyclops. It, Did it, the first arc have it have an end? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it a satisfying end. Yes, the first arc. Yeah, it it's, it oh. sets up the um, it 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 sets the stage. It, Wait, what did you just say? Am I the only one getting feedback? No. Vince needs to turn his, turn his microphone off. 
There you go. So, wait, did it end or did it set the stage? It sets the stage. Fuck that. Uh, no, no, it... No, no. Fuck that. It's no different than any other goddamn comic book story. It was it was a five-issue arc. Yes, there was an ending. If you want to see where it goes now, you can keep reading it. Okay. But it's... There was... Did he kill anybody? No. Okay. I'm just no. fucking with you. I'm sorry. Nobody, nobody <laughs> died. All I will say is that it's all Hank's fault. Okay. Well, it usually is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He can't catch a break. But it's a... Uh, first arc was... was I, I think Eminent and, and Bunk Robetra will be back for, for issue eight. But... Uh, First arc was beautiful. This one is about um, basically it's it's young teenage Cyclops trying to figure out what's going on in 2013 and uh, and trying to figure out why try to try to see the path his adult him took that made him do what he did in, in recent months and and so there's there's um it's it's an interesting setup and there's and and there's an appearance of the Paul Smith version um Ruby Quartz glasses those big terminator looking square things that 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 he wore for a couple of issues back in the 80s so nice. those those make a return and so does that um that photo from the cover of Uncanny 174 with Mastermind in the in, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you see that in a safety deposit box, and it's got a very Paul Smithy look to it. It's 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 nice. So it's I I because he was on the Avengers for so long, and and I'm I'm, I'm over that. I'm liking Bendis playing with the X Men right now. I'm enjoying this. Okay. My still staticky. Oh, you're awesome. oh, you're clear. Awesome. Where's Another that? half hour. Let's go. Yeah. So sleepy. Okay. <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> Sweep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. And you know what? We'll be back next week with the boy. The boy will be back. That's right. That's right. Yay. Maybe we should, um, uh, we could talk about some whole story, maybe. I'd like to do that. I really okay, need to, to read that. Yeah. Okay. What story? The whole story. The uh, Kickstarter. The, the, the Ryan Estrada Kickstarter. Ryan Estrada. Months ago. Oh, okay. All the, uh, all, all the digital comics you want. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a ton of that. comics, not a whole lot of money. Word. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. We'll be back. We'll be waiting yeah. for you. So, yeah. Come back. Have fun. We be safe you. out there. We love you, as usual. Peace out, homies. Hey, go have a good Valentine's Day. Yes. Be, be, be mm-hmm. safe. Be good to your chocolate. boo. Eat all the chocolate that I. What? I said, be kind to your boo. Oh, right. Because David will be kind to his boo. Whatever, whatever, whoever's your boo. Right. That's uh, you know, just, yeah. just handy, handy remember. Yep, keep your feet on the ground and keep looking for the stars. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bye. It's always been happening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeff Johns left Green Lantern. Oh. Yeah. After nine whole years, quick, look, give him a trophy. Look at that. Whoa! Yeah!